What's going on, good people? Welcome to Life School. I'm Reverend Kojo. I am your host. We've got a lot to talk about today. Look, Life School is not about getting your panties in a bunch. It's about talking about the hard-hitting topics that you're going through today. If you're struggling, I want to talk about it. If you're hurting, I want to talk about it. If you're just flat up confused, let's talk about it too. Why? Because this is Life School. Hey, good people. I'm so glad you decided to join me today. Today, we're going to talk about something that everybody seems to be talking about. Every every one, single woman talking about, go find me a Boaz. Get rid of your bozo so you can find a Boaz. Um, and I think that's a good idea, but i got to pose the question, are you a Ruth? Um, and do you understand the gravity of the situation between Ruth and Boaz? Like there was work on both, both parts, like both of them put in extensive work. Both of them made major sacrifice and both of them had to do the proper things. You know, like I'd like to talk about proper process. I've written two books on process, um, process. God is a God of process and he often allows us to endure certain things, not so that we can make it to a destination, but so that we can be impactful on our journey. Uh, that is full of several destinations that we have to, um, stop at. And so when we look at the the journey of Ruth and Boaz, like, you know, that Ruth had been married before and her husband dies along with her father-in-law and her brother-in-law and she's with her mother-in-law and they're like, they're traveling, um, and they're, they're stuck in their town. Um, and the, one of the sister-in-law, she goes back to her family as, uh, Naomi has requested and Ruth decides that she's going to stay with Naomi. Like Naomi must be like this great mother-in-law. So she stays with Naomi and Naomi goes back to her homeland, but like she doesn't have the right city in the land that she had before any of the money that she had before. Like they were probably flourishing when they were in Bethlehem. Uh, but now that they've returned, like they, they don't have anything to, to claim the land that was once theirs is now belongs to someone else. And they're just not in a situation where they have the power or the right to go and claim it because they're women. And in that day, women didn't have power, they didn't have authority, and they couldn't go and claim things for themselves. So there was this idea of a kinsman redeemer, which meant that somebody that was related to the people who owned the land could redeem the land for the family, and they could like get their land back and, and bring it back in the family. Because in the Jewish culture, you didn't own land, like God owned the land, you know, like the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. You didn't own land. So like land ownership was like the equivalent of what we think of as leasing. So if you left the land, somebody else could get the land. Um, but if you returned, there was like this redemption clause where somebody could go and pay your way back into ownership of your land. So that's kind of what happens. They go and she meets Boaz and Boaz sees her before they ever meet. And he's like, man, that's a bad woman there. And, and so he tells the men that are working for him, and like Boaz is this prominent dude. He goes and tells these, he tells these guys, he says, you know what? You see her, leave a little extra for her. So as she's gleaning the fields, she'll have enough. And so that's the first thing we need to notice is that Boaz was taking care of her regardless of whether he wanted her or not. She wanted him or not. Boaz was covering her before she ever agreed to do anything with him, go anywhere for him. See, we live in a culture where men don't want to pay for anything, do anything, or or provide any provision for anybody unless they have put out or they're, they've got a title or, or anything. And, and, and a lot of us are guilty. 
I'm not about to put my money where my mouth is and you're not even giving me the time of day. But one thing that sets Boaz apart from a lot of the men in our society and the society of old is that he was willing to cover her and take care of her whether she, he wanted her, whether she wanted him or not. He saw her and he said, that, whew, I'm a, that, that is mine. And whether she admits it or not, I'm going to take care of her like she's mine. And so, you know, one of the, one of the prayers I pray is teach me to tend to their, their needs as if they were my own. And this is me, of course, me praying over my future spouse and, and praying over my future situation, my future family. Uh, but that, that's a prayer that I honestly pray because when we look at Boaz as a template, Boaz was not concerned first with getting her hand and then providing. He was concerned with providing and then getting her hand. And so we live in this society where like if a lot of, and and let's just be real, if you don't put out for him, he's not going to pay for dinner or he's going to be really upset that he did pay for dinner. If you don't provide him with husband benefits, although he's not a husband, see Bible says that he that finds a wife finds a good thing. It doesn't say that he that finds a girlfriend will make her a wife. And then that's a good thing. No, he that finds a wife, the qualification, the behaviors are already a wife, which would lead me to believe that a husband is already a husband before he meets the wife, which means that he's willing to assume the role of husbandman before she becomes his wife. Now, I'm not saying to give wife benefits to a man. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is if you want to assume the role in a woman's life, do not make it contingent upon what she does for you. Like agape love and, and love, like in general, is not about give or take. I give to you, you give to me. A love says, I'm going to give my heart to you. I'm going to make my resources available to you. And if you want me in, if you want me, if you choose me, praise God. But if you don't, I'm not going to be like, well, I'm going to renege and take my stuff back. And let's just be real. I'm going to be real honest with you. You know how I tell whether I'm in love or not? If I get mad and I'm like, get out of my wallet, I know I'm not really in love with you. I might be in lust with you. Uh, But if all of a sudden I have this deep desire to care for you, to take care of you, to gift you, just to make sure that you're doing well, typically that's that's a tip off to me that I might be forming love feelings for you. And so I've learned to, to separate the two. And what I love about Boaz is Boaz doesn't say, um, well, I mean, if she comes over here and sleeps with me, well, I guess I'm going to take care of her. No, he looked at this woman and he said, okay, I'm going to cover her. I'm going to take care of her. So fellas, you know, when we start talking about make go moving from boys to men and, and, and moving from child to man, first thing first is you've got to develop an attitude of covering. It is the man's job to submit to God so that his wife and children can submit to him. But you've got to provide something to submit to. You've got to provide a covering to cover them, an umbrella to cover them, which means that you've got to be under the umbrella of God. You've got to be in his face daily, seeking his wisdom and knowledge. Because let me be real with y'all, this life thing is hard. Walking this Christian walk is difficult. I can't tell you how many compromising situations I get put in on a regular basis. It seems like every day when I get ready to be right, do right, and go right, Something from the left comes over here trying to drag me back. And if I'm not careful and I'm not vigilant and I'm not awake and I haven't been in the face of God so that my sensors will be on high and my discernment will be turned on, I will fall and have fallen because there are so many things. Satan works daily to make my faith in God fail daily. 
I mean, on a regular basis, I find myself in situations where Satan is the, actively seeking to tear me up and tear me down. And that's why it's so important that I stay in the face of God, especially for those people who are under my tutelage, the people who are looking to me for my teaching, looking to me to lead them in the right direction. I have to stay in the face of God because one left turn can this can cause a whole lot of people to go the wrong direction. Well, fellas, that's the same case for you. And it, it may not be on, on a, as large of a scale, but it very well may be that you do the wrong thing in your house. Your wife is going to lose respect, which means your children aren't going to act right. And you, you might be my age sitting here thinking, well, I don't have a wife and kids. Well, you have to, <laughs> habits, hard habits, bad habits are hard to break. And so we have to form good habits here, here and now so that when we do have a spouse and children, when we do have a life and a lifestyle and we do have things that we're responsible for, that our habits are already in place to do right. So the first thing I love about Boaz is he, he already had the husband mentality, whether or not she wanted to be his wife. He was already committed to covering her. So the other thing that I like about Boaz is that Boaz, when after after the after this time, um, Ruth, you know, she's gleaning from the field. She goes and tells Naomi. Naomi realizes that she her she's kin to, to Boaz, and so she remembers about these these redemption laws. And so she sends, you know, Ruth goes after they're at at this harvest or whatever, goes to his tent. And she asks him to put her skirt, his uh, skirt over him. Now, that was not, she wasn't propositioning him. She wasn't saying, sleep with me, I need to have children. Like, even though she did need to have children, that's not what she was doing. See, there was power in the skirt. The, the hem of the garment uh, in that culture was a symbol of power. That's why when the woman touched the, the hem of the garment, yes, it was a faith move, but touching the hem is where the power was. Okay, that's why uh, David cut the hem out of Saul's garment. It was a power transfer. And so she asked him to put the hem over her, put the skirt over her because she wanted the covering. See, here's, here's this is what's really important, y'all, is that when... It didn't matter how much Boaz loved her, how much Boaz wanted to cover her, how much Boaz needed her, desired her. It was her move. Okay. He extended his right hand to her. He, he, he availed his resources to her, but she had to say, okay, I want you too. See, a lot of us get so in these relationships and in these, in these identities and in these places and these spaces, and we fall so miserably in love with somebody and they don't want us. And they're using us and they're not committed to doing this thing for us. And I'm not saying stop loving. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying stop showing your heart, your heart, you show your heart. That's how you, that's how you're seen is by showing your heart. But what I'm saying is that we enter into these relationships and they become unrequited love and it's not returned and, and your love returns void because it's not, it's not, it's not a, in a cycle. It's just going one way. It's not a boomerang. It's not coming back at you. And so you're, you're over here sitting miserable and you're with somebody who is using you, who could care less what you're doing, could care less what you got going on in your life. And you're sitting here miserable. And so what I like about Boaz is Boaz extended his resources. He extended his, 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 I guess, attraction to her, but then he waited for her to extend the same. And look, notice the same didn't mean that she came and brought money and that she did exactly what he did. The same was the compliment of such. 
It was the appreciation to what he had done. It was saying, I appreciate what you've done. Would you cover me indefinitely? I like you, and I think you like me too. Can we see if we can make this work? And so when we look at our relationships and and trying to enter into marriage and trying to enter into long-term relationship and even friendship, I think it's imperative that we, we look at this thing and we say, okay, I like you. And you need to ask the question, carte blanche, I hate that we tiptoe around everything. I think it's, it's important to say, look, I like you, might even love you, but do you like me? Do you love me? I'm in this game 100, 200%. How much of this game are you in it? Are, are you dedicated? Are we dedicated? Are we moving forward? Are we something? Are we not something? Are we chilling? Are we serious? You know, in in two years, where do you see this thing going? And so what I love about this situation is not only did Boaz do the right thing and he extended his, his, his reality and he redeemed everything, redeemed her and got the land back to Naomi and create and, and, and provided a birthright and, and gave her children and was a husband. And I believe he was loving and I believe he was kind. I believe he did everything he was supposed to do, but they had the necessary conversation. Okay. And it, it was a move on both parts. Both people had to move it. Nothing drives me crazier than in being in a situation where you're extending, giving, 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 and nobody is giving in return. And, it, and it, you may be giving financially and they be, may be giving in, in acts of service. And that's equal to me. That's, that's good. That's that works because if that's how you need it to be received, that that'll work. But if you're giving, 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 and all they're doing is receiving and they're not reciprocating in any way they're not showing you love in any way but yet they're around this is not a, a Ruth and Boaz situation okay this is not a Ruth and Boaz situation at all and so when you start talking about I want a Boaz I want a Ruth you need to ask the question of yourself are you a Boaz are you a Ruth because you you can't be a skank and, and request to have a Boaz you can't be a taker and want a Boaz you can't be a Ruth and be a dog Okay. And, and I hate to be carte blanche like that, but sometimes I, we, we have to break it down like that because some of us get so stuck up in us thinking that it's, it's a received game, thinking that this life thing is completely about us, that we forget that we have to put some action and some work into what we do as well. Okay. And so when we start to look at what we could be, could do, and could have, I want to encourage you to be aware of unrequited love. You give your heart to somebody who does not know how to take care of it. And what I, what, what I think we can take a page out of Boaz's book here is that he gave enough, but he didn't give the whole thing until she was completely his. Gave enough where he communicated that I want you, <laughs> might even need you, um, but it's your move. I'm not, I'm not going to do anything else. I've made my resources available to you. But you're going to have to come over here and let me know that you you want the same thing, too. And she did just that. And then he was honest with her. He was like, well, I think I'm qualified, but there's one other person who's qualified to to redeem the situation. Uh, So let me go talk to him and let me go handle my business. And that that was another thing he, he did is after she asked him and she said, look, these feelings are mutual. Um, since they're mutual, I've still got to go make sure that everything in my life is clean and clear before I can take you. Sometimes we hop into relationships with the right people at the wrong time and we haven't cleaned up our situations. 
We run into these relationships and we go face first into them and we haven't even dealt with the ex. We haven't even mourned the loss of a relationship. We haven't even, we just barely got out of a divorce and we sitting here bubbling over happy, but we're still dealing with the demons of what was. See, one thing that I, we can, we can take from Boaz is that he went and made sure that he could enter into this relationship free and clear without any issue or without any interference from anybody else. Okay. You may be, you have, may have met the one. You may have met the perfect person for you, but if there are still things that are active in your life that you have not cleared up, if there are people who still think that you all might be talking, or there are people who still think that you all might have a chance at a relationship, if there, are, if you've got an ex-wife or, or a separated wife or an estranged wife or whatever you want to call it, and you and you have not dealt with that thing, you've got to deal with that thing in order to walk into a healthy relationship. A lot of us could have healthy relationships, but because we have not dealt with the things and we have not provided closure to relationships past and friendships past that we have issues moving forward with the right person and you will run away the right person because you haven't dealt with the wrong person. There are some things you have to slam the door open. I understand some people like to keep their options open because they are afraid of being left. Baby, you got to let that go. Because until you can be healed, how can you be healing for somebody else? Until you have fixed your, your, your issues, how can you not cause issues with somebody else? Look, because sometimes we get damaged in old relationships and we damage other people and we bring that damage into good relationships and we damage good people. We have to deal with our past before we can move into something positive and productive because you will destroy the life of somebody positive, somebody who has good things going for them. I have watched it happen over and over again. I have counseled people over and over again. They come into the relationship. They came in pure, but they met, got with the person who had not dealt with their demons. And so I've watched women give their bodies to men who didn't know how to care for their souls. I have watched men who had, who had the desire to, to rule and to be like a husband that God had called them to be, but they couldn't husband, they couldn't be a husband in the, in the situation because she wasn't a wife. And so they haven't dealt with the old situations. And so you begin to destroy the life, the psyche and the mentality of somebody who was in a good place. And it doesn't mean that you weren't compatible, compatible. It doesn't mean that you could not have worked, but you didn't deal with your issues in the beginning. So now those old issues are bleeding over into the new relationship. And now the new relationship relationship is tainted and you're wondering why you're in this never ending cycle. Okay. We've got to deal with some things. We've got to confront them. I know we don't like to talk about it. And that's why I do this podcast because we need to talk about it. We need to talk about our issues. We need to talk about the things that we are trying to walk around and walk over because when we don't talk about it, they get on the inside of us, they fester and they rot. And the more rotten they become, the more damage they do. If I ate something rotten, that bad boy is going to tear my stomach up and it's going to do some damage and it's going to cause some hell. When I, I, when I was little, I had acid reflux really bad. And the way that acid reflux works is I would eat something that was acidic. I actually had acid reflux from the time I was born. I actually, it actually had it in the womb and caused my mama to deal with it up until the time she had me. And then for the first 13 years of my life, uh, there wasn't a lot of stuff that I didn't throw up. 
And but what happens is the food goes on the inside of me and it has an acidic re reaction. And so not only do I throw, I would I throw up the food and not be able to gain the nutrients from it, but the acid on the inside of me would begin to tear at the esophagus in my body. So the acid, as it was bubbling up in the stomach that it was supposed to be in, got out of place. Okay. And as the acid that was good in the stomach was bad in the esophagus and it caused issues in my throat. And it, it began to mess with other portions of my health. Now, what am I saying? Why is that relevant? Sometimes we have good qualities and we put them in bad places and they cause chaos. Okay. I can go like, I can, and let's, let's just put it like this. My church that I attend, one of the churches, I, my, my church, my home church that I attend uh, is in a bad neighborhood in Birmingham, Alabama. And I can't, most days, if I'm coaching basketball, I can't make it from the parking lot to the gym door without somebody asking me for some money. And I, and during, at, at one point I was being really benevolent. God was showing me the power of giving. I had gotten so excited about giving and I was giving, 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 giving. Well, then when I learned that the gift of giving, you've got to sow into good seed and you know that some people are going to take the money that you give them and they're going to go take, uh, they're going to go get get drugs with it and they don't need much to get the drug of choice. And so you are now sowing a good seed into bad ground. And so I, I transformed my gift. It was, the money was good. The money was cleanly earned, but they were about to take my clean money and make it dirty. And so what I, I, I transformed from giving them cash to, well, let me go get you some food. And then you find out who's really hungry and who's not. Uh, because then they quickly be like, well, I'm not hungry. I thought you were hungry. I thought that's why you needed some some money. You can take a good seed and put it in a bad in some bad soil, and you have an issue. And so, I just want to encourage you all today that as we begin to enter into relationships, and we begin to seek out people first, make make your intentions plain, make what you want and what you desire clear, and then wait on for wait wait for it to be returned. And as you watch whether they return it in love or they return it in malice, be prepared to walk away or to stay. But make your intentions known. Don't sit here and play the game. I hate it. Don't play, the, don't play games with folks. Make your intentions known. Be clear. Be transparent. Be kind. And if it comes back, nurture it and if it doesn't it i know it hurts and i know that you wanted it to work but be prepared to walk away all right well i hope you've enjoyed the podcast i uh i look unrequited love has been on the mind and the heart here lately and i just hope that we can we can come together and understand the importance of understanding it and how important relationships and how we treat other people are uh, because how we treat people is how, you know, I don't have children, but one day our children will treat people the way we treat them. And people treat us the way that we teach them to treat us. And so we've got to steward that accordingly. Y'all be blessed. And until next time, this has been Life School.